0: I, you know, generally speaking, I try to do a Mother's Day message on Mother's Day, and that's novel, right? But um, today, I wanted to keep going through our study in Genesis uh, because I think that there couldn't be a more perfect Mother's Day message than where God has us in the text today. And the Bible says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So that means that this text, where we are today, is profitable for everyone in the room But it's interesting how often God gives us that little bit of extra. And that's where where we are. Um, So let's dive in Genesis chapter 40 and verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that after what things? After what things? Look at verse 20 of chapter 39. And Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were bound. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Now, I've got to tell you, for our way of thinking, the Lord showing him mercy would have been to get him out of there. Isn't that interesting? But the Lord showed him mercy by giving him favor with the keeper of the prison. And sometimes we misunderstand God's mercy, don't we? It's interesting. Look at what it says in verse uh, 22. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever they did there, he was the doer of it. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him, and that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Notice, what what is repetition in the Bible? It's God's volume control. Notice twice in the space of about four verses, God says the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. When you're in trouble, if you are born again, if you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone, the Lord is with you. You're not alone. Amen? And God can give you favor in the worst of circumstances. And that's what God does. So it's after these things. That's where we are, chapter 40 and verse 1. And it came to pass after these things, that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers and uh, against the the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. You know what? There are times when I'm eating out where it would be so cool to be able to take that person who messed up my meal and put him in prison. How cool would that be? That's what, that's what the Pharaoh. Somebody didn't, he didn't like what the, pharaoh, what, the, what the baker had made or what the butler had brought him. And he put him in prison. Man, sometimes you think not tipping is bad. This is rough right here. So now, look at what it says. Verse 4. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them. And he served them. And they continue to season and ward. Isn't it interesting? Joseph is a servant of prisoners. And he has a good attitude. Uh, I remember when um, I, I had gotten into business, I was uh, a manager at a $12 million home improvement company. We, you know, had it made. Well, God wanted me to go back to school. So next thing you know, I'm back in Bible college selling car stereos taking orders from a kid 19 years old who looked like the Campbell soup kid. (laughs) You know, it was tough to have a good attitude at that moment. But you know what's amazing? That God took that job at Circuit City. I was giving people bump. You know, you'd hear those guys going, (laughs) driving by your house, windows rattling. Yeah, I did that. That's how I paid my way through Bible college. How about that? So God took that silly little Circuit City job that I had disdain for, and God used that and made it a great thing in our lives to get us through Bible college and provided for us all the way through without any trouble. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes when, God, when, when you humble yourself and become the servant that God wants you to be in the situation where you are, what God will do in your life and in the lives of those around you it was during that time that uh, our son Riley died and most of the people from that circuit city store came to the funeral heard dr. sexton preach the gospel and many of them were able to hear the gospel clearly and never would have never would have had that opportunity if it hadn't been for God putting me in a circuit city job selling car stereos that I thought was a horrible situation and God made it good and I'll bet you if we went around this room, I'll bet you there are dozens of people here who have a story exactly like that, where God put you in a situation where you didn't think that you should be, and yet you responded properly, and God made it just blossom in your life. Isn't God wonderful to us? Just so good. Um, then, look at, let's continue through the text. Uh, verse 5, "...and they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night." each man according to the interpretation of his dream the butler and the baker of the king of egypt which were bound in the prison and joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them and said behold or and behold they were sad now i got to tell you when i'm when my attitude is bad when i'm not happy with my situation rarely am i paying attention to the feelings of others how many of you know what i'm talking about just when I'm mad or whatever, I am completely oblivious to the needs of the people around me. Obviously, that's not the state that Joseph was in. That's so interesting to me. And, and I know, here, here's kind of the way that we are. Man, you guys may not be that way. Here's the way I am. Here, this is what I. Well, that was just his personality. He was just easygoing. How many of you have seen the most easygoing person blow up? How many of you have ever seen that happen? Yeah. Situation gets bad enough that Dan New will even get mad sometimes. Yeah. Amen. I've never seen it, but I know it's going to happen one of these days. The most even-tempered person. It's not his personality. It was his belief in his God. Brent and Wade are laughing. Have you ever seen your dad mad? Mad at Brent. <laughs> Brent was the bad child. Is that what you're saying? We're going to have an altar call here in a few minutes, and you can come confess that sin. Now, it it wasn't his attitude. I mean, it wasn't his personality. It was his attitude. It was his response to the place where God had put him. Do you know what he believed? He still believed the vision that God had given him. He still believed the dream that God had given him. He was going to sit on the throne. And if the weight of the throne went through the prison... Well, he was going to be the best prisoner that he could be. So he had the right spirit, the right attitude. We could stop and have an invitation right now. How many of you, you're already mad about this message? Because I do not like, I'm with you, man. I do not like it when my own personal comfort is violated. So you guys on the trip, remember that this week. All right, now, let's read on. Verse 7 So he sees that they're sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of the Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. This morning, I'm speaking on interpretations belong to God. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, please help us to understand what you have for us from the Word of God today. Through your Word. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you have ever had someone say this to you when you show them something from the Word of God? Well, that's just your interpretation. That ever happen? I was watching a debate, um, and it was this, this old preacher. He's in his 80s, and he's debating this other guy. And uh, he, he threw this, this other guy threw this at the preacher. And the preacher went like this. Isn't it funny? How people accuse you of interpreting the Bible when all you did was read it. (laughs) Is that awesome? You guys are going to hear that until I die now. Because that was so good. Surely, when you read something from the Bible, surely it means something. Amen? And it probably just means what it says. There's a pretty pretty good chance of that. So what I, what's fun is when someone says, that's your interpretation, I like to ask them this. Show me another one. Give me another interpretation of that text that fits with what it says. Look at, keep your place in Genesis, but look back at Second uh, Peter chapter 1. Many of you know where I'm going here. Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 20, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 20. And God gives us the priority of this statement on this subject, all right? Knowing this first, is that what it says? Now, how can we interpret that? Is this the first thing that we've ever known? No. No, I think most of us knew something before we knew that. So apparently that's not what it means. What it means that on the subject of the scriptures, our first priority is this. All right. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Let me tell you what this passage means to me. This is so meaningful to me. Because the flowers are more blooming and the grass is more green when I read this. People are so stinking weird, man. They really are. It's really simple. No prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation. So here's, here you go. What this means to me does not matter. That's private. That's a private interpretation. What does it mean to God? And is that possible to know? Um, Phil Edwards was letting me know that he had caused trouble in his Sunday school class this morning. And that's not unusual, is it? And (laughs) and the question was raised, and I don't know that he raised the question, but he just confused the issue afterwards, (laughs) that why are there so few people who believe the way that we believe? Why is that? If we're right, then does that mean that everybody else is wrong? And if everybody else is wrong, how can we be right? Those are legitimate questions, aren't they? That's what this morning's message is about. It's amazing how God's timing works. It's amazing how God's timing works. No prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Pastor, what does this have to do with Mother's Day? Well, it's very simple. Has there ever been a time in the history of the human race when moms need to hear from God more than today? Moms, you need to be able to know the Bible as well or better than your pastor. You need to be able to know the Bible as well or better than any Bible scholar in the world. You need to know what God has said if you're going to be able to, to lead your children, if you're going to be able to keep that home, in the way that God has commanded you to. So let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And we're going to begin with seeing how does the Bible tell us how we're supposed to do this. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So what has God freely given to us? Well, the Bible tells us. And the Bible then tells us that we have been given the Spirit of God so that we can know them. Not not suppose we can know some things about the Word of God. Now look at what the Bible says, verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual so the way that we're going to know the things of God is by comparing things spiritual with spiritual. And Jesus said that his words are spirit and life. So if we're going to understand what God has for us from the Bible, if we're going to interpret it properly, then we're going to do that by comparing things spiritual with spiritual. Now, how many of you have heard that before? Yeah, like, like a thousand times here at Grace Baptist. Each Just about any regular attender of Grace Baptist Church could have given that little speech themselves. You've, you all have heard it so much. Well, then why is there so much disagreement on the Bible? Why is there so much disagreement on the Bible? Because people don't believe that. Most people, do, most churches, most pastors do not believe it. How often do you go to a church service And in that church service, you spend the whole service comparing Scripture with Scripture. How often does that happen? Almost never. It happens in some places. Not only here, it happens everywhere where people believe that we know the things of God by comparing things spiritual with spiritual. Amen? So now, do you know what we're going to do today? The Bible says, remember, that's your interpretation. What did Joseph say? Let's go back to Genesis chapter 40, verse 8. And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Who do interpretations belong to? Now, here's what you might say. But interpretations, this is interpretations of dreams, not the Scripture. That's a good question, right? We're going to understand what the text is talking about. Well, there's something that we need to understand. Do you know that God never spoke to anyone in a dream after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Never, nowhere in the scriptures does God speak to someone in a dream after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Why did things change then? Because it was after that that God sent the Holy Spirit to be the interpreter of the scriptures. We have the Word of God now. Do you know who the last person to receive word from God in a dream was? Pilate's wife. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I, I, I've had a dream. It have nothing to do with this man. That probably would have been a good idea for Pilate. Amen? Just stay out of it. But he didn't. And he spent the rest of his life trying to wash his hands of innocent blood. It's interesting. So now we need to understand what interpretation is. So let's dig into the scriptures. And we'll see if we can get through this. Turn with me to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Deuteronomy chapter 18. Let's start reading in verse 20. But the prophet, which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. So what do you think God thinks about false prophets? Huh? So basic. how many of you think, it, it, real simple question. I'm going uh, to, play with me today, okay? Here, here, simple question. Is God for false prophets or against them? If you want someone to die, you're probably not for them, right? Now, how many of you think that's my interpretation? That's clear, right? All right. So here, look at the next verse. And if thou say in thine heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? So you hear a prophet speak. How do I know that that's not from God? Verse 22. When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not nor come to pass, that that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. So now, here's step one. Step one in interpretation. Number one, if you're going to interpret the Bible properly, interpret Bible teaching properly properly, You've got to face the facts. You must be willing to face the facts. Some men are true teachers. Some men are false teachers. Some men are true prophets. Some men are false prophets. And here's what it says. If the thing does not follow, what does that mean? That means that whatever God has spoken through a prophet will come to pass. Amen? So here's the way that we know now. If, it, if a prophet speaks and it agrees with this book, if it follows this book, then it's true. Let God be true and every man a, a liar. So if a prophet speaks something that goes against this book, I am supposed to identify him as a liar. And here's where this becomes so important on Mother's Day. The Bible says that we've got, look at Romans 16. Romans 16. Now, remember the book of Romans is all about doctrine. It's all about doctrine. Chapter 1, we are confronted with creation. God has revealed Himself in creation. Chapter 2, God has revealed Himself in your conscience. Chapter 3, if you respond to the light of creation, the light of conscience, God will give you the light of Christ. Amen? Chapter 4, He tells us how that happens, how it's all of God. Chapter 5, there's no condemnation. Isn't that awesome? Chapter 6, we understand that we're buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life, that we identify with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection at our salvation. Chapter 7, we learn that, I, that, our, that even though I'm born again, my body is still a fleshly thing, and I'm going to struggle with that until I die. Chapter 8, there's still no condemnation. I have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's mentioned 21 times in chapter 8. Chapter 9... God starts beginning chapters 9 through 11. God's not done with Israel. Don't replace Israel with the church. The promises for Israel are for Israel. Amen? Then we get into chapter 12, and what do we learn? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto him, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Based on those first 11 chapters of doctrine, there's something you need to do. Amen? Romans, the whole book is about doctrine. How we get saved, how we live, how we interact, what we, what we owe to God. Now look at Romans chapter 16. This is where he's wrapping it up. Verse 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. See, here's the idea. How does this fit in on Mother's Day? The Bible says we're supposed to be simple of evil and wise of good. The Bible says that we are supposed to study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that is not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm either going to be knowledgeable in the word of God and doctrine, or I'm going to be deceived and simple. So you need to know, ladies, you need to know what a true prophet is And what a false prophet is. When Joyce Myers stands up with her butch haircut and manly voice, standing in an office that is not hers, and starts telling you that God wants you to be wealthy, does that mean that there's nobody saved in Sudan? Does that mean that there's nobody saved in Sri Lanka? Does that mean that there's nobody saved in about 90% of the globe where people are poor? Do you know what she is? She's a liar. Do not listen to her. Do not listen to her. What am I doing? I'm marking her. I'm marking her as a false prophet. So here's the idea. If you are going to interpret the Bible the first thing you have to do is face the facts not everybody who claims to be speaking for God or from God is telling the truth how do you know the difference does their word agree with the word of God amen praise God all right now number two so number one we can know the truth if we face the word of God number two God reveals his secrets to them that fear him back to Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 29. You'd be amazed if, to, to, to figure or to find or discover how much prophecy is in the book of Deuteronomy. Jesus Christ called, talked about Moses and the prophets who spoke about him. Moses was a prophet. Moses penned Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 29. Verse 29. The secret things... Belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. So this is Moses speaking to the children of Israel, and he says to the Jews that, that secrets belong to God, but He has revealed to them to us through His Word. You know that this applies to us too. God reveals secrets to us through His Word. How? Now, now let me ask you a question. How many of you have have genuinely desired to know God's Word better? Amen? And honestly, you wouldn't be at this church if that wasn't the case. We don't have a whole lot of, you know, fun, feel-good messages here. You come here to, to learn the Bible. So, you know, kind of preaching to the choir on that. But you know that, like Paul said, none of us have arrived... We've not yet attained. Amen? And you can know God. You can know God's Word. You can interpret it for yourself and for your children. Now, here's how. Look at the text again. The secret things belong unto the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. But these things are revealed to us do you know what we're supposed to do this will be true to us if we fear god if we fear him look at psalm 25:14 The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. So God reveals His secrets to them that fear Him. When we genuinely fear God, He reveals truth to us through His word. How many of you have ever been dealing with someone? It might be like some of you men, it might be a young man at work, some of you ladies, it might be a younger lady that you've been trying to help and you tell them something and they look at you with disdain like get out of my face old man what do you know how many of you ever experienced that how much more time do you spend on that guy not much get on with your life enjoy yourself because you're in for a hard ride right You ever felt that way? Do you know what what that is? That's the wisdom of God. Jesus said, don't cast your pearls before swine. Jesus said not to give the truth to a fool. A fool is someone that refuses to hear it. The same thing is true of us. If I genuinely fear God, then He will reveal truth to me. How do I demonstrate whether or not I truly fear God? We found it in, in Deuteronomy 29, 29. He shows them to us and then we... Do them. When I obey what he reveals to me, then he will reveal more to me. So it's the same thing. As you give responsibility to your children and they fulfill those responsibilities, then you give them more freedom and more responsibility. When they can't fulfill the simple responsibilities that you've given them, what happens? You take away privileges. God does the same thing with us. How many of you want to know God's word better? Fear him. Believe Him and do the things that He's instructing you to do. Very simple. All right, so number one, you've got to face the facts. Number two, you've got to fear God and do the things that He says to do. Number three, number three, Isaiah chapter 29. Isaiah chapter 29. Verse 12. And the point here is nothing is shown to the man or woman who has no faith. All right, Isaiah 29, and look with me at verse 12. And the book is delivered to him that has not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I am not learned. Or let's look at verse 11. And the vision of all is become unto you, as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, and say, Read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot, for it is sealed. So you've got this book. Now, for us, we're, we're seeing a book like this. For them, it would have been a scroll. And this scroll, though, is sealed. It can't be opened. So he says, tell me, so you you take this book that's sealed and you take it to a learned person, an educated person, and you say, explain this book to me. And he looks at it and he says, I don't know what's in there. It's sealed. It's closed up. I, I can't see it. So then you take it to someone who is unlearned. And that's where we are. Look at verse 12. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, Read this, I pray thee, and he saith, I am not learned. Verse 13, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me. And their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. So here's the idea. God is going to keep this book closed up and sealed from the person who has no faith. Who has no faith. The question was asked, why do so few people believe the way that we believe? I had lunch with a pastor this week and his staff. And we got back to his office. And he said, uh, yeah, you're probably not going to like this, but uh, um, we allow people to teach from the New King James now. Should I still use the King James because I think it's the best, but we allow people to teach from the New King James. And I asked him why, and he pulled out a couple of things that he didn't like about the King James, some of the words, some of the old English words he didn't like using those words. And it, was, it, it, it really struck me. Number one, he's a very weak preacher and teacher, always has been. He always has been. Do you know why? He doesn't have faith in the book that he holds in his hands. Last year, Jeff Faggart preached a message on the Baptist History Tour. And he, uh, if you've never heard Jeff, he has this unbelievably big, deep, bass voice. And he just stood behind the pulpit. And with all the passion that was in him, Basically, just read scripture. Made almost no comment. Just read scripture. And when he got done, here's what the preachers said. I heard over and over again. Man, where'd he learn that? How? How could he? How did he do that? And, and someone said to me, "Don't you wish you could do that?" I couldn't take it anymore. I said, "I can," and here's what they thought. Here's what they thought. Jeff's message was awesome, man. It was it was a masterpiece. And so, here's what they're thinking: Oh, you're saying you can preach as good as Jeff? No. What I'm saying is, I've got the same book, and what he was doing was what they don't. I've heard many of them preach. I'd rather have an ice pick put in my eye than sit under them every week. <laughs> Seriously. Well, that might be a little strong. <laughs> but, but here's why. What they're going to do is they're going to take a word and they're going to go off and try and tell people what they need to do or try and control the people somehow. When what Jeff did was there was a truth from the Word of God that he wanted to communicate. So he just went from Scripture to Scripture to Scripture And told the people what God had said. Do you know what? I can do that. But do you know what else is true? So can you. When your family asks you a question, what should I do about this? Here, come over to the house. Let me show you. Here's what the Bible says about it. Boom. 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 Here's what the Bible says about it. All right. Here's what the Bible says. 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 You know what they're going to say? Here's what they're going to say. They're going to say, thank you. Or they're going to reject it. But you have done what you are supposed to do. Thus saith the Lord. You can do that too. If you believe this, if you have faith in this, if you genuinely want to know what God has said, he will reveal it to you if you believe it starts right here. When people come to me for counseling, here's what I say. Number one, you've got to believe. Number one, you've got to believe that God has the answer for your problem. If you don't believe that, I can't help you. I can give you some practical wisdom. I can give you some common sense, some horse sense stuff. I can help you there. But if you don't believe this, you're going to stay in your problem until you die. Amen? Amen. All right, now, let's roll on. All right, so number one, we can know truth if we face the facts. Number two, God reveals his secrets to them that fear him. Number three, nothing is shown to a man who has no faith. Number four, the Lord reveals truth to babes. Look at... I'm not talking about good-looking women. I'm talking... Here, look what the Bible says. That was, that was our major as young men in Bible college, the babes in Christ. That was our major in Bible college. All right. Um, that's kind of funny. That's kind of funny. I, I married a babe in Christ, right? All right. Now. Look at Luke chapter 10 and verse 21. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent. Are we all there? Luke ten twenty-one. Luke Luke Let me Let me just stop right here before I read the text because I want you to get this. Um, often when I deal with... Well, every meeting that I go to, everywhere that I preach in the country, someone comes up to me and says, how do you find that stuff in the Bible? Every time. And so now on our book table, we sell Strong's Concordances so that people can just look at the words and find those things in the Bible for themselves. Amen? Everywhere I go, that happens. And everywhere I go, I get this. Why doesn't Dr. So-and-so agree with you? Every time. And here's our problem. We live in an age that worships in the cult of scholarship. If you've got enough letters behind your name, that person has more authority than the person who doesn't have the letters. That's where we live. That's where we live. Let's read this text and see what Jesus thinks about that. All right? Verse 21. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered to me of my Father, and no man knoweth who, is the, who the Son is but the Father, and who the Father is but the Son and he to whom the Son will reveal him. And he turned him unto his disciples, and said privately, Bless are the eyes which see the things that ye see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them. And to hear those things which ye hear, and have not heard them. Now here's the idea. Here's the idea. Moms, I know because I've spoken with some of you. Some of you think you know what, I don't have a lot of education. I... You don't need a lot of education to know what God has said. Now how many of you know understand that I'm for education? Amen. I've read one or two books. I've spent a little bit of time and I'm for education. Every one of you school teachers, principals, I'm for you. You have a vitally important job if, if a person can't read they can't know God it's so violent. I'm for education what I am not for is for a man to say that Nick can't know the Bible because he doesn't know Greek Hebrew hasn't been to seminary so he needs me to open it up and teach him oh my dear child here please let me help you you neophyte to understand what the Bible says And here's what they do. Here's what they do. Well, according to the Graf-Wellhausen documentary hypothesis, that passage falls under the J-E-D-P symbol, and so that probably is not genuine. Now, how many of you that helped you? All right, that's the kind of garbage that's in every commentary, just about every commentary that you're going to read. That's the kind of garbage that's going to be that does not help anyone. What I'm saying is this. If you genuinely believe God, if you have the faith... Of a little child. Here's the faith of a little child. You ready for the faith of a little child? That's where you're up on top of that that step. And your dad says, jump. I'll catch you. What do you do? Jump. Remember your dad in the pool? Jump. Just jump. And it was really sad because Wade was like 21. About killed Dan. (laughs) It was unbelievable. But... Right? That's that's simple, childlike trust. If you come to the Bible that way, do you know what God's gonna do? He's gonna reveal things to you that Professor Widebottom never saw. <laughs> I promise. You wanna know how I know that? I've been to the seminaries. I've talked to the professors. You guys get stuff here at Grace Baptist Church that they have never even heard. <laughs> Some of you are saying, yeah, that's because it's the weirdest stuff in the world. <laughs> no, they do not believe in comparing Scripture with Scripture. They're going to go someplace else and get their truth. You can know it. God will reveal it to you if, as you believe it. All right, let's roll on. We're going to finish this up quickly. Um, trying not to prove Nathan true too much today. All right, then, number five. The Lord reveals to ones who will proclaim. The Lord reveals to ones who will proclaim. Look at Amos chapter 3 and verse 7. Joel, Amos. If you don't know where it is, use your table of contents. That's what it's there for. Amos 3 and verse 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Let me read it again. Some of you are still looking. That's great. Amos 3, 7. Surely the Lord God will do nothing, but he revealeth his secret unto his servants, the prophets. Here's what that's saying. The prophets have recorded everything that God will do. That's what it says. So now it's my job to find out what the prophets said about what God's going to do. It's very simple. That secret has been revealed. But now who is a prophet? So now if I stand up here and I say, God revealed to me in a dream that you are all supposed to double your giving so that I can buy a bigger house. Do you know what you can say? Liar, liar, pants on fire. (laughs) Right? Why? Because that's not in the Bible. The last person that God revealed something to in a dream was Pilate's wife. So God's not talking to you in dreams either. Amen? That's the pizza that you ate before you went to bed. (laughs) All right? What we understand is God reveals things to prophets. But what's a prophet now? A prophet in Bible times was a person who spoke the Bible before it was written. A prophet now is a person who speaks the Bible to others. So here's the simple truth. If you're going to use what God gives you to help someone else, he'll show you more. If you're just going to take it in, take it in, take it in, he's going to stop showing you. You've got to use what you get, and then he'll give you more. Uh, Do you remember the story of the, the widow? And she was getting ready to starve to death, and the prophet comes and says, Uh, get me some water and fix me something to eat. And she says, I only have enough meal and oil for one cake. I'm going to fix it and we're going to die for my son and me. And the prophet said, okay, feed me first. And she believed God and fed him. And the next thing that happened was her meal didn't run out through the whole famine. Her oil didn't run out through the whole famine. But here's the thing that's so important about that story. Every morning she had to, buy faith, go to that barrel and go to that cruise and check it. Because as she used it, God gave her more. That's the same way that God gives us truth. As you use it, God will give you more. It's very simple. Moms, if you want to know more of God's Word, teach it to your children. Teach it to your friends. Teach it to your family. Older ladies, teach it to a younger lady. That's God's plan, and God will show you more. All right, then. um, Education and natural ability are not a must. Education and natural ability are not a must. Do you realize how many preachers that have been greatly used by God had no formal education? They had no formal education. I'm for formal education. I think it's good. But it is not necessary for God to use you. Amen? Just awesome. How many of you here do not have a doctor's degree? It's a good thing that God can't only use doctor's. People with extended, extensive education. Amen. I'm just telling you, I'm not against you doctors. I love you guys. I'm for you. All right? God can use you guys too. Um, look at Daniel chapter 2 and verse 30. Daniel chapter 2. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living, but for their sakes that shall make known the interpretation to the king and that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. You see, Daniel has also said that interpretation belongs to God. Daniel is saying, look, the reason that I know this isn't because of any great thing that I have. I'm just telling you what God has said. You know that all of us can do that? Every one of us can do that. Look with me at First uh, Peter chapter one. First Peter chapter one. I've talked about being at these meetings, and one of the things that I get often at at preachers' meetings is, uh, "I wish I had your memory." That's what people say to me. Well, praise God, He has given me a, a decent memory. Some of you have better memories than I do. Um, And here's what I say to them. Yeah, I can remember it, but you can write it down. Here's what people do. They'll compare their physical or intellectual ability to someone else and use that as an excuse for their poor performance. God knew what your natural abilities were when He saved you and called you to be a servant. Amen? We have no excuses. We have no excuses. 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse 12. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. What's this talking about? These prophets of God had no idea what they were writing. They had no understanding of what they were writing. We understand it. You, the simplest person in here, can understand things that Isaiah didn't understand. Why? Because God has revealed them to us after the Holy Spirit has come. On us that 's exactly what this text says. Can you imagine you can know more about the Word of God than the prophet Isaiah? Is that wild? You can do that that 's what the Bible says. Second peter let 's go back there. We were there a minute ago. Second Peter, chapter one. Verse 20, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of men, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And now it is your job as a believer to get in there and understand it. That's the key to interpretation. It is not wrong to learn at the feet of others, nor to avail oneself of training. Most of us could learn, could use some more instruction. But education without faith is a waste of time and money. No amount of time spent in the classroom will make up for an absence of faith. Don't forget, I called the the head of the theology department at Bob Jones University. And I said, it's a a very well-known Christian college. And I said to this man, I said, do you believe you can hold God's word in your hands? And he said, no. So listen. If you don't believe that you actually have God's Word in front of you and God's preserved words, it doesn't matter how much you learn about God's Word, you will never know God's Word. Amen? That's what I'm talking about. You've got to have faith. You've got to believe what it is. Um, do, Do some people have greater intellectual capacity than others? Yes. Yes. There's no doubt about that. But everyone... Can know God's word. Amen? Amen. Now, let's look at number seven, and I believe this is where we're going to close. The most important key to interpretation is salvation. Amen? First Corinthians chapter one. First Corinthians chapter one. In verse 18, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. i got to tell you, right there, right there, and I'm, this, this is it, I'm done. But there is nothing more fun than watching a seminary professor or a secular college professor be absolutely flummoxed by the simplicity of the Word of God it's true it's happened so many times I think I've told you about when I was at Oklahoma State this guy we we're having a debate Kent Hovind the creation science guy was coming in having a debate with the head of the geology department at Oklahoma State we brought him in and it was a cool thing but as I was promoting it This man, who's a a professor at the uh, um, botany department, he wrote a a letter to the editor in the school paper saying that he had looked at all the arguments of creation and found them false. So I called him. This is just Jim Alter, you know, Bible college graduate. Nobody. I called him, and I said, is this Dr. So-and-so? And he said, yes. I said, I am so glad that I get to talk to you. This is awesome. And he said, well, that's, that's good. Th- thank you. What can I do for you? I said, I just wanted to meet the man who's found the missing link. Uh, uh, what, 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 what do you mean? So, well, you have answered all the arguments of the creationists. And so that means that those transitional forms that Darwin said would be everywhere within the next hundred years. We'd find them everywhere. You found them. So I'm going to call the paper and tell them that Dr. So-and-so, and and I read his name, has found the missing link and has absolutely proven evolution. And he said, "Uh, uh, 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 that's that's not what what, what I, I said. I said, yes, it is. And you know that you're a liar. Uh, Well, well, that's the end of the conversation. You see, these people that stand up so smugly and make these statements that are clearly contrary to the Word of God, whether in a Christian institution or a secular institution, when you confront them with the truth and the authority that comes from this book, do you know what they do? They melt like water. They fall down. We get so intimidated by them for no reason at all because we have the truth. The simplest thing to say to somebody is, well, God said it. You can disagree with God if you want to. I'm going to stick with this. Amen? And you know what God will do for you? He'll reveal the Word of God to you. Let's continue reading in 1 Corinthians, verse 19. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Now, the scribe is someone that would write, either copy the Bible or write about the Bible. We've got lots of people writing about the Bible that are just liars. Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made the foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For ye see your calling, brethren, How that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world, and the things which are despised, God hath chosen. Yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him are ye in Christ Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, He that glorieth, let him glory in God. See, the Bible says in chapter 2 here, verse 14, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You can know God's word. You can interpret God's word. Interpretation belongs to God. But the only way you will understand that interpretation is if you have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in you, who will reveal it unto you. If you're not born again, You can't know God. Amen? Man, it is wonderful to see what God does when you will just speak the truth. One last illustration. Um, I was at the barber shop this week. And uh, a few weeks ago, Andy, my barber, maybe a month or so ago, he was asking me about the economy, the world economy. And uh, so I just started telling him some stuff about it that we had studied here. And uh, he said, that's interesting. Do you have anything on that? So I took, down to the barbershop, my Shaken series that we did here last fall. Well, they've been listening to those in the barbershop. Can you imagine people walking in and hearing that crazy stuff that we talk about here in the barbershop? I've got to tell you, I can't tell you what that did to my spirit. Because one of the other barbers that would be, you know, he's just an average guy, he's an intelligent guy, um, but he has imbibed a lot of the world's philosophies. He had listened to that, and he said, you made some really strong arguments. You made What was that? All we did was look at world events through the light of Scripture. And it's amazing what God does in people's hearts and lives when they hear the truth through the prism of God's Word. Isn't that exciting? It is so neat. We had a funeral for Jenny Divin's, uh stepfather this week. And how wonderful it is to be able to stand at a graveside and give people hope from this. Simple faith, simple trust, a simple message from the revealed Word of God. All of us can do that. Amen? You can do it. Young people. Teenagers, you guys can do it. You can do it and should. Amen? And the more you learn, the more God will reveal. And, you know, it's just so wonderful to see God's word light people up. It's just a blessing. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you.